You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, and Bill's Pipes. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got Shane Doyle from 7-Eleven Films. Uh, he also uh, cleans the ashtrays in all of the Mercedes-Benz in all of Texas. Shane, how's it going? Pretty good, you know, just cleaning up Benzes across the world. Beauty. Uh, how did you get a, a position uh, so astute as to be working on a fine uh, European automobile like uh, Mercedes-Benz? Um, basically, I went and applied, and somehow I got hired. Somehow, I'm not really sure. Fair enough. That's I guess that's how it works in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, basically, pretty much. Cool, man. Well, it's glad to have you back on the show. Uh, we haven't uh, heard from you for, for quite some time. Um, you were suspended from uh, from any activities uh, to do with Big MX Radio for uh, about six months, and uh, that time has, has elapsed, and uh, so we've been allowed to uh, invite you back on to uh, talk a little bit of Supercross. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely your fault, but we won't talk about that you know, right now. It's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I don't think uh, we need to get into the details as to why Shane Doyle hadn't made an appearance on the Big MX Radio <laughs> podcast show. But uh, the fact is, is that uh, you're back on now, and that's what matters. And uh, we're going to talk a little Supercross. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Perfect. Well, we're two races in to uh, the, uh, the series so far. Two down, 15 to go. Uh, Anaheim won, San Diego won, have, have both passed, and uh, you yourself were able to ad- attend the Anaheim one uh, event, and uh, to which you were actually able to fly in and, and do uh, a lot of uh, helping out with the privateer journey, Teddy Parks. Uh, so what was your role with the team for the weekend, and uh, how did you enjoy that? Uh, it was fun. I mean, it was a good time. We flew out on Tuesday and kind of made a little vacation out of it. Unfortunately, it rained like 90% of the time. Finally, it was sunny on like Friday and Saturday. But, um, I mean, it was it was fun. I tried to do a little bit of video and stuff, but um, the one of my good friends that helps me out with all the video stuff actually came with me. Uh, he's a big supporter of it. Helps me uh, fund a lot of the things I get to do. And uh, so, yeah, it was cool having him there. And then, uh, like I said, I didn't get too much video stuff done. Uh, helped Teddy out some, you know, talked to Adam a little bit, just kind of, being there for those two guys and um, just kind of helping out whatever they need on the team. But yeah, it was a good time. For sure. And uh, as far as helping out the seven double deuce, um, what's all involved with, uh, with, with getting a guy like that uh, focused for the races? Because uh, as you know, he's got a, an advanced case of uh, adult ADD as well as just being way too hyped for life. So uh, how do you get the big boy uh, focused on racing? Uh, there really is no way to get him focused. He's pretty much uh, hyped from Monday to you know Saturday, like it's twenty four seven kind of deal. Um, yeah, I mean, as far <laughs> you know, he's on track walk, making dirt bike sounds over all the jumps and stuff. So he's pretty uh, pretty focused all day on on riding, as far as that goes. Yo yo yo, seven deuce deuce in the house, son. Yep, that sounds like it. Yep, right there. Pretty much every morning from uh, from morning till night, that's what it's like with the, the seven double deuce. And uh, he had himself uh, a pretty decent day, put himself in the fast 40 as well as his uh, his younger brother. But uh, come heat race time, it all kind of unraveled from there. Um, tell us what you saw when the uh, the 94 machine came, uh, came screaming from left to right. Man, um, well, it was all kind of a blur, but... Uh... Yeah, basically, Roxon's bike just, like, ate at him and, like, threw him on the ground. It was kind of a funny video to watch. But, yeah, he was fine. I mean, we went back to the pits and made sure he was all good, made sure the bike was good. Uh, uh, he, as you know, he just hurt his wrist last year, so it's 
still kind of getting over that. And he said it was a little sore because of that. And I'm sure he was sore the next day. But and as far as that, he was good. Sick. Well, it's tough to uh, to hurt the big fella. Uh, although he has cut some weight for uh, for this Supercross season, he's still a a, a, a beast of a man. And uh, to take him down is no small feat. So uh, for little Ken Roxon to do so might must have been uh, quite quite the heck of a uh, of a get off. Yeah, I, I, it looked like from the replay from watching it when I got home on TV, it looked like uh, like maybe Barsha had come over and hit Roxon, and Roxon kind of got bucked off the bike and then bike hit Adam, then like Adam hit Nick Schmidt and Nick Schmidt went flying like head first into the whoops. Uh, so yeah, it was a pretty bad crash, but yeah, Adam's a big dude. So he's kind of like a weapon pike size guy, like nothing much really hurts him too bad. No so, doubt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Weston Pike, uh, what was your take? What was Adam's take of the whole uh, Weston Pike, Vince Freeze thing? Uh, I can only imagine the smile of yours going ear to ear when you see uh, some some blows being rained down on the, on the 55 rider. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to talk to Adam too much about that. But uh, I was sitting in the tunnel uh, with Jeff Alessi and um, Teddy, and we, we saw it happen, and we were kind of just laughing about it. And he, it was funny because even even Jeff, we were texting about it the day after, and he was like, "Yeah, Vince seems to stop riding like that. It's not right." So that's pretty funny coming from Jeff, though. And, uh, and yeah, it was. I don't see it. I don't see it being super wrong. I mean, it's been needing to happen for a while, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And you know, the only person that was willing to do that was obviously Weston Pike. So couldn't have been a better person, I think. Yeah, it's it's like he nominated himself to uh, rectify a uh, a riding situation that had been plagued riders for a number of years now, and uh, only time will tell if uh, if Vince goes back to his uh, his uh, his old ways. But uh, hopefully, uh, it uh, it maybe knocked it out of him. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll do it again. He'll probably do it again this weekend. So, I mean, it's it's you know, it's his the only way he knows how to ride. It seems like so. Hey, we'll see. Maybe it knocks some sense into him, but uh, most likely not. Fair enough. So, uh, what else? What all else was involved with uh, your time with uh, the TPJ Teddy Park? Or uh, yeah, uh, Teddy Parks? No, Privateer Journey um, experience <laughs> um, that weekend. What were you up to, and uh, uh, what was all involved with your time? I know you've said it was a bit of a vacation. But uh, you and I both yeah. know when when you have duties to uh, to do at race day, uh, that day can evaporate on you quite quickly and leave you uh, oh, yeah. uh, pretty tired after a, a vacation of sorts. Oh yeah, I was pretty sore. Um, well, as far as the race day, we uh, I was pretty much I filmed a little bit of practice that way Adam could watch uh, certain certain things and Teddy could watch certain things. But it was uh, Teddy's first race back since Santa Clara last year when he got hurt pretty bad. So, and, it, and honestly, he's only ridden the dirt bike like probably three times before then. So it wasn't uh, too crazy of stuff going on with him. He was just kind of trying to get back in the field of things. And he qualified like 37th or 38th, I think, uh, which was honestly, I think it was pretty surprising that he qualified, which was pretty good. Um but, I mean, yeah, we were just kind of looking at our lines on the track and looking at lap times and just keeping up with that kind of stuff That, uh, and then just kind of relaying that back to him to make him better. Sure. Now, that uh, TPJ team is a well-oiled machine, having been part of the Supercross t- uh, series for a number of years now. But, obviously, uh, the first race of the year is always a little bit uh, uh, everyone's on pins and needles. Uh, were, did you help set up the rig and all that as well when they were parking, or uh, were you able to uh, get away from uh, from those types of duties? Uh, I wasn't there too much. I came a little bit on – I was there for a little bit on Friday, and uh... – just to kind of get some shots in before, just in case it rains on Saturday. But uh, most of the week, I was in Long Beach at uh, at my buddy's family's house because that's uh, that's what we were staying at all week. And yeah, it was. I mean, just because of the rain, there was not much we could do. So we went down to Pro Circuit, checked that out, and uh, just kind of drove around California a little bit and kicked out some sights. So that's pretty much how my week went as far as that. So yeah, I didn't. Uh, I got I got out of the setup this week, but or that week, I'm sure I'll have to do it at some point. So Shane Doyle, who's been to California uh, umpteenth times, uh, uh, decides to go to Pro Circuit of all places to uh, during his vacation. 
Yeah, I've never actually been there. I've always wanted to go, and I've uh, never had time to go. Normally, when I go to California, I'm only there for like you know a day, and then I'm out just for Supercross or whatever. So this time, having a week there was. I wanted to go do some different things, and actually, I had planned on going to some of the test tracks and making some videos, but uh, like I said, the rain kind of killed that, so I was just looking at things to do, and I was like, you know, I've been wanting to go to Pro Circuit for a while, haven't got to go, so just cruised down there, looked around, and it was pretty cool. No doubt, I, I actually do, I've, I've been there a couple of times, and uh, uh, I hear that they uh, remodeled the uh, the showroom, so uh, like, obviously, they still have all the bikes out and, and whatnot, what uh what kind of uh, stuff that they have out on display there? Well, yeah, they had all the championship bikes. They had, like, this uh, pretty cool off-road Honda bike that had, like, the big Baja lights on it and stuff, so that was pretty cool. Then they had a, let's see, they had a race bike that you could buy. It was, like, freaking 30 grand. It had every single thing on it. That was pretty cool. And then uh, they didn't have too much other stuff than that. I mean, they got their suitcases and apparel and stuff, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Fair enough. Well, uh, first time I was there, they had Adam Cianciarolo's, uh Super Mini on a stand in the middle of the showroom floor <laughs> that was for sale. And uh, venture, venture to guess uh, how much uh, they were asking for a race-ridden Adam Cianciarolo, uh Super Mini. Twelve grand. Eighteen. 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 Geez, that thing better come with Adam Cincerello's skills too. I'd I'd like to hope so. Unfortunately, uh, for <laughs> me, I don't think uh, there's a bike in this world that'll uh, help me ride anything like AC. But uh, speaking of AC, let's uh, let's dive into some Supercross because he's gonna he, he's looking to uh, do some Supercross in the next couple of weeks now. But uh, we, we've had a couple of races uh, into the series already, and I, as of course we talked a little bit about your experiences Anaheim too. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about those two races, starting out with Anaheim and uh, the. Uh, the the two fifty the four fifty class let's go through the podium right quick. Um, Jason Anderson like obviously gets the the win there. Were you how surprised were you to see the the twenty one out front by the end of the night? Uh, I actually wasn't too surprised. I had I had Anderson picked for my fantasy to win it. Bullshit. Uh, no, I, I did, dude. I had I had Anderson to win. I was I've been saying that for like a couple months before, just from you know I, I feel like it was his time to shine. But I was more kind of. I was surprised at Dungey's uh, start to it. You know, he wasn't like I figured. I honestly figured it was going to be like Anderson, Dungey, like right out front the whole time, just kind of running away. But you know, you had guys like Chad up there, and uh, and also like Roxon's not so good luck that night it was pretty crazy. So I mean, it was it was a crazy night all around, honestly. There you go. Uh, it's uh, it was, like the first race of the year is always a little bit of a jumble, uh, and that's why you usually do get some first-time winners. Of course, you got uh, uh, Tortelli, um, Greg Albertine won his first and only there. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones like Josh Grant, uh, guys who yeah. win, win the, their first race and their only race uh, that they win. But I, I'm feeling that uh, Anderson will probably have a few more wins to his credit by the time his career is done. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I was—I guess I kind of was surprised at how how well he handled the pressure uh, of like having to move up through the pack like that. I mean, it, it, I wish Sealy hadn't uh, kind of just let him by almost, but I'm—I don't. It almost looked like Sealy was getting tired, and he just couldn't push the pace that Anderson was running at that point. But uh, what do you think about that? Um, I think. Uh, I- portion of that uh, could, could be just getting a little bit tight first race of the year but um, in the case of Cole uh, of uh, Cole Seeley if we do remember the back to uh, their 250 days uh, Cole and uh, and Anderson the two of them went at it for a supercross title where um, Anderson yeah. ended up passing him three times on the last lap of, of to, to take the to take the lead uh, during that series and um, as, as much as you know from from your own racing experiences I know um, when there's certain guys that are behind you that uh, kind of have your number sort of thing um it almost seems like a far gone conclusion that they're going to end up passing you at some point so uh i think yeah. there might have been a little bit of that just in the head of of cole seeley that uh, oh no that's anderson that's the guy who's got my number no no different than yeah. uh back in the days of, of villapoto beating up on uh ryan ryan dungy 
Dungey was yeah. every bit as fast as Ryan, but when pressured by Villapoto, he'd fold up like a lawn chair. And I, I, I think that if if uh, if you had a private conversation with Ryan, he'd admit exactly that that um, that Villapoto was in his head. And um, when it came time to whether or not they were going to make a pass, it was it was just a uh, it was a, a decided thing already. Yeah, what do you uh, what do you think about Barsha? Uh, well, I I actually uh, I had some suspicions that uh, Barsha was going to have uh, a bit of a, a rough season uh, to start out with. Uh, if you uh, keep track of these guys on social media, you you try and keep uh, keep posting on on how frequently they're posting riding photos and their training regiments and stuff like that. And things were rather quiet yeah. uh, coming out of Barsha's camp about two three weeks prior to his uh, his season, which kind of told me that he uh, didn't have a lot to boast about, which. Uh, um, kind of led me to believe yeah. that uh, he was going to have some issues, and of course now we find out today that he's going to be going in for uh, season-ending uh, uh, thumb surgery. So uh, uh, because of a, pract- a crash that he had mountain biking only a few days before uh, for Anaheim, so um, given given that information, it's not too surprising to see where he ended up in both those races. If you can't hold on to the motorcycle, yeah. uh, you're not going to hold on to positions either. Yeah, it was it was pretty surprising how quickly he went from first to like 16th so it's unfortunate and uh it is this the last year in his jgr deal or does he have one more um i believe was it a two it was a two he's, he's been on there for two years and i don't think he signed a three-year contract so i guess this would be his last year with uh, with jgr hmm. i'm kind of interested to see what happens there I'll be interested to see if JGR is still on Yamaha's uh, going into next year because, uh, uh, of course, uh, that contract is up at the end of the year and there's no guarantee that it gets renewed. And I know that there's some th- uh, some uh, um, talk about uh, Cooper Webb moving up to the 450 class, the fact that uh, Chad yeah. Reed bringing Factory Yamaha back into the fray uh, as a team and uh, they're kind of gearing up to have a 450 effort next year. And I think what the idea is that they'll, that they'll bring – um, Cooper Webb up to the 450 class on on that team, um, but of course JGR uh, is 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 in the feeling that uh, hey we should have this kid we supported him on amateurs and uh, we've been the yeah. the predominant 450 factory team so why don't we get a crack at this kid? Um, so uh, I'm I'm thinking that if if uh, Yamaha wants uh, Cooper Webb that badly they might lose uh, JGR in the process. Yeah, it's kind of like it's almost like they're trying to push JGR back into the shadows as like the the secondary team. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It could it could work out like that where they switch brands, or I could also see it work like working out like a uh, like Yoshimura Suzuki and then or they're both considered the factory teams. But I could see how it would make you know Joe Gibbs and Coy Gibbs mad that they're not getting the guys that they've supported from the beginning. You know. Absolutely, totally. I, I agree, and it's the thing for um, for Cooper is he's a, a North Carolina guy. He's familiar with uh, with JGR, yeah. like you said. He helped uh, they they helped them out on amateurs. So uh, I don't think it would be too much of a stretch for for them to uh, to make that signing. This is a question of uh, of what manufacturer they'll be on. I think uh, the the Yamaha has definitely proved itself in the two fifty class, and uh, and it's proved itself to be a worthy uh, combatant on the four fifty as well. So um, wouldn't be surprised to see still keep see the kid stay on blue uh in 2017 but um still undecided on what what team he's gonna be on if i had to uh if i had to put some money on it right now i would probably say factory yamaha oh yeah i'd for sure pick that but then again you have the the conflict between he's a rock star guy and that's a monster team so you never know what could happen there i guess Totally, I, 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 that's a good point as well. Um, but uh, let's talk. Let's um, talk a little bit about uh, the other uh, the race that happened, the San Diego round. You, of course, most likely watched that at home after you uh, yeah. uh, watched the the grease from the uh, the Mercedes Benz off your hands after a long <laughs> hard day of of spinning uh, air fresheners. Um, <laughs> But uh, what did you see from from San Diego? Let's uh, let's start off with uh, the 250 class, and uh, after that, we'll throw it to commercial and uh, then break down the 450s. But uh, let's go straight into the 250s and uh, let uh, and continue on with the champ, the number one plate, um, Cooper Webb. Um, he took home the the second race in a row. He's kind of rolling at this point, and he deserves to be talked about first. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, he's he's got everything rolling his way for sure. I mean, Anaheim won. He ran away with it pretty much and just charged through everyone like they were standing still. And then, you know, San Diego was pretty much the same. He had a little uh, hiccup in the heat race, obviously, but, you know, he got in and did his 15 laps like he should, and he, he took home the W again. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I can see it being a runaway season with him pretty much. Absolutely. If uh, like when I see Cooper Webb right now, I'm reminded a lot of uh, James Stewart 2004 when uh, it was uh, it, you know, it was time for him to move up already. Um, but uh, you, you stay down to the 125 class as long as you're allowed to. But uh, at that point, yeah. he could have started dead last, upside down, with the gas off and the and uh, the engine flooded. He's going to pass everyone and go yeah, to the front. Yeah, still win. And uh, and, and oh, it's the yeah. same thing with Cooper. Like there was no panic in his riding. He put it in his laps. He hit his marks. And uh, when it came to putting some pressure on Zach Osborne, he did what was what was necessary. Put the uh, the number one up front and. Uh, um honestly if uh I don't I don't think you'd be making money uh if you uh if you bet on um him sweeping the series because I don't think anything else I don't think anyone else had anything for him. His best lap time was over half a second faster than anyone else in the class. Yeah, and uh I mean it just doesn't it honestly like you look at the results here and you know you get you got Sabachi in second and Jordan Smith in, in third, and I quite frankly don't think either of those guys have anything for Cooper Webb. No, and like, and honestly, like other than uh, than Zach Osborne, I don't see anyone else having consistent speed to uh, to to carry it with uh, yeah. with, with Cooper. I, I just really just don't. I um like. In the past, we've seen uh, two fifty West series where uh, the that there's. Um, more contenders for the championship and you're not entirely sure but uh obviously with uh with nelson out and uh and the rest of the class just uh, not quite on the same pace as cooper um this one seems to be sewn up like uh i i keep talking that it's still a, a fairly deep class because honestly between uh 13th and second there's not a huge amount of difference uh between uh, like the the speed of cole thompson who th- threw down a, a 50 50 second almost 51 second Second lap time, um, only one second off uh, the the of of Joy Savachi's best time. Yeah, it's almost like a a, a Justin Barsha type deal when he was in two fifty class. How you pretty much like the last couple of years that he was in it. Yeah, you pretty much just knew he was going to be in the front no matter what. Like he was just you know no matter who he had to go through to get there, he was going to get there. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, and uh, nice to see uh, Factory or the the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team get back on the podium with Joey Sabachi. Obviously, uh, a little bit of frustration for Joey because uh, I think in the in his heart of hearts he knows that his speed isn't exactly quite there to uh, to be uh, challenging for wins on a regular basis. Which uh, I got to imagine for those guys is a tough pill to swallow and uh, um, frustrating thing for him. But good to see him in, in, uh, on the podium and uh, same thing for Jordan. Smith, uh, a North Carolina guy uh, who um, last year had a hard time staying off the ground, um, and uh, but the the Geico rider uh, puts it up front and uh, and stays there. Yeah, I mean it was a good ride for Jordan. Uh, I honestly didn't expect much other than like you know fifth through tenth from him. Really, uh, I honestly figured more of Christian Craig and uh, Zach Osborne, Jimmy Dakotas. And uh, Alex Martin to be up there, we're in that spot where he's at, and uh, and, and I, I'm impressed from where he's at right now. Yeah, it's pretty good, considering uh, he didn't do too hot before that, you know. And uh, I think it's a building process for him. And so yeah, he's headed the right direction. So how great is it the fact that there's only two guys uh, in the top ten on the West Coast uh, Supercross class that were uh, that actually born and raised on the uh, West Coast. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it's how it is these days. Chris Aldridge and uh, and and Chris Christian uh, Craig, um, California and uh, Oregon, respectively. Everyone else is either from Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Oak, or Oklahoma. Oh, we got another uh, Zach Os uh, Zach Osborne's not from uh, Lake Elsinore, California. Come on now, uh, he's a uh, Virginia. Yes, I believe that's Virginia, right. Virginia, uh, Kyle Peters, North Carolina. 
Cunningham's from Texas, and uh, the Peabody, Massachusetts, masshole himself, uh, James Dakotas. <laughs> um, yeah, and like and uh, outside the top, outside the top ten, you've got Alex Martin in, from Minnesota, and uh, the outside just rounding up the top twelve is Cole Thompson from uh, Br- Bridgeton, Canada. So uh, uh, don't get don't get too cocky here. Hey, that's still a, a one position ahead of Michael Lieb, and that makes me a happy person. <laughs> but uh, no, let's let's complete the, the rest of the top five here, and including uh, Christian Craig, who a guy who was basically out of racing. Uh, he uh, he had a uh, had a child. He had a full-time job, and it looks like he was going to finish out the rest of his days li- living up in Minnesota. But um, by uh, a couple of nice rides out in uh, in, in the, the outdoors, uh, ends up getting a signed uh, deal with Geico, and uh, looks like the kid's uh, looking good out there. Yeah, he's been ripping, you know, other than a small little mistake that I've kept him... Uh kept him back there a little bit i mean i think he's been riding pretty good considering where he came from you know absolutely a guy who uh he's always had skills on the bike and um showed lots of speed but uh couldn't stay off the ground and obviously during his rookie season had that terrible back injury that kind of plagued him throughout his time with uh the detroit lead team but uh looks to be back uh showing speed showing fitness and uh, i hope the best for him because uh it's it's good to see a guy like that on the bike he's fun to watch and um good to see him back in the sport yeah for sure it's it's good to see him back out there and uh you know i don't think money is really a problem for him i think he's just going out there to do what he loves and you know put in good results doing it absolutely now uh rounding out the top five is uh colt nichols who uh, not only runs the number 69 which is awesome but uh he's riding for that cycle trader uh, rock river yamaha team and uh putting in some good ri- good rides in the process kind of rode a very lonely uh fifth place position he was eight he was 10 seconds off the lead uh and the next closest rider was uh over six seconds behind him because he didn't get uh he didn't get um Zach Osborne until lap 12. So uh, a pretty lonely yeah. ride for Colt, but uh, nice to see him separate himself from the rest of the riders, given the fact that the next closest rider was 14 seconds behind him. Man, yeah, that's uh, it's impressive for Colt. You know, he's, uh, he's come a long way. His last race was, shoot, I think it was St. Louis last year. When he got so, hurt, yeah, that's, his knee. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a... Yeah, I know he. I'm pretty sure he still rides the trays quite a bit with those guys out there in Oklahoma. So, um, you know, he's around good people and he's only going to get better. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, he, all he seems to do is put in good rides. As long as he can stay up, um, Colt Nichols is going to be turning heads and uh, most likely dropping for that sure. uh, national number uh, for next year and years to come. Uh, tough luck for the 16 machine is Zach Osborne. Uh, I thought he would uh, easily have cruised to a second place position, but um, to his credit, he was uh, doing his best to fight back and uh, and give uh, and, and show Cooper Webb a wheel. And in doing so, ended up putting himself on the ground a little bit, uh, put a, put just one wheel wrong, and uh, he ends up in sixth place. Not what Zach Osborne was looking for, but um, I think this year more than any, he's kind of established himself as at least the second best guy. Yeah, I think he. If there is anyone that can challenge Cooper for a win, it's going to be Zach Osborne. You know, I mean, he's a uh, he's one that he races. You know, he's he's right there behind him. He just needs to. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to take him being more aggressive or uh, or just more racy with Cooper. I'm, I'm not sure what it's going to take to beat him because you know Cooper's going to be aggressive right back if he is. But yeah, if there is anyone that can keep up with him, it's it's Zach Osborne. Did did you just say that he has to be more racy? Yeah, like you know, he needs to he needs to show him a show him a wheel here and there. I'm just bugging you. Um, no, I totally agree. I think uh, to to that same point, I think that um, Zach Osborne may be feeling some similar uh, effects of um, that, that Cole Seeley feels about uh, Jason Anderson. I think in uh, in his head. Uh, 
uh, Zach Osborne is is kind of just like made it up in his mind that uh, that Cooper is uh, a bit like uh, although younger, a bit superior. Uh, ha- kind of has the speed right now. Yeah. Obviously, that big number one is uh, is a pretty intimidating thing as it comes up behind. So um, tough to uh, t- tough to to get that out of the mind, but uh, hopefully he'll be able to do so and uh, at least uh, uh, mix things up in the, as, as far as the points go for the West. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like kind of like the uh, Ryan Dungey and Philip Butter thing yeah. you were saying earlier. How you know he he knew he was in his head and he had that, and I think that's kind of how everybody else is with Cooper. Is they know he's got the number one player, they know he's fast as shit, so they're all kind of just like you know, there's no point. Yeah, and like it wouldn't be very much different than when uh, when I come to pass you, like. Too bad, Doyle. Exactly. I'm going yeah, fast. It's just, I already know. Yeah, it, yeah Brad, know. Brad's gonna just uh, put this one, this uh, one twenty-five two-stroke out in front of this uh, this tall, skinny guy, and uh, that's 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 done. Oh come on, dude! You can't you can't hang with the fifteen Cowie two fifty F, dude. Come on! Don't even start with me. I have a 04 KX one twenty-five, <laughs> and it will wheelie past you any day, brother. All right, I'm, I'll be coming up to Canada, and we'll, we'll handle this. <laughs> You're going to have to wait a few months, because we got some minus 30 coming up, buddy. Oh, jeez. I might I might have to come south and bring the 125. How's that? Oh, yeah, come down here. It's, it's going to be nice and nice and rideable soon. Fair enough. Well, uh, I, pff, always rideable down there. Don't even start with me. Um, <laughs> hopefully, that uh, the guy from uh, Mercedes will give you the day off so you can get spanked, so I can send you back to work. Maybe we'll see. We'll have to might have to beg a little bit for that one. Now, before we leave the uh, the two fifty F class, uh, the last guy that I wanted to touch on was uh, the Ripper himself, G- Jimmy Dakotas. Uh, a surprise uh, ride that he gets uh, another opportunity on uh, Geico Geico Honda. Uh, apparently, just for Supercross, which is uh, um, is a really cool thing for him because I think Supercross is where he kind of excels the best. Um, and uh, a good opportunity for Jimmy D to put in some laps. And uh, what I was kind of thinking was that he st- he like his his speed would be there. But uh, the fitness would still be something that he lacks, and uh, um, one could argue that it, that that is something that he's kind of dealing with a little bit. But uh, this year, this last weekend, he had a fall in the first lap and ended up coming all the way back to the eighth place position and uh, putting in a pretty respectful time, only uh, less than one second off uh, Cooper Webb's best lap time of of the, of the lap, so or the, of the race. So a good ride for Jimmy D, and uh, and showing that he's. Uh, He's he's got some fitness and he's got some speed. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost like he's putting in pretty much the same kind of rides he was putting in last year. You know, a fifth place here and fourth or whatever it was in A one. And uh, you know he's on a he's on a great bike now and he's got the people behind him that he needs to excel and improve himself. So, I mean, I think with a little more a uh, little more work, you'll see him on the podium soon. Fair enough. I would not be surprised to see Jimmy D get a podium before the end of the uh, the year is out. Um, but uh, not sure if he's going to be able to have anything for uh, for the number one machine. Um, let's uh, let's move over to the four fifties. But first, let's catch some uh, some commercials here. Uh, we'll flip it to commercial on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Seven Eleven Films. Hey, this is Jake Weimer with Team Tedder Racing, and you're listening to Big MX Radio. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than Fox, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Amigos with Bran. Fat bowl. Amigos with Bran. Oats for power. Bran's for speed. Who the 
Cereal Bs, and it goes. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Bill'sPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, 
Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Foley. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by 7-Eleven Films. Go check out 7-Eleven Films on Instagram as well as uh, Shane Doyle. You can uh, throw down your Twitter handle right now if you have if you have a moment. Yeah, it's going to be a SDX711. 711. That's Twitter. You can uh, connect with Shane and uh, and see all of his uh, fantasy motocross picks and then uh, uh, tell him that he's wrong or just uh, make him at least second oh, guess yeah. his picks. Hit, and, uh, hit him up. And, and, and the kid loves to talk moto, so uh, make sure you go and do that. But uh, let's talk Let's talk 450s. Let's talk San Diego number one. Uh, they're hitting there twice this uh, this year. Petco Park is going to uh, fe- be featured twice this year in Supercross. Love to see that um i've never i've never been to san diego supercross i've only been to uh, anaheim uh the two times but um seems like a great park and uh seems to be pretty kind to the one the only chad reed and uh sorry to to put him ahead of the number one machine but uh when a 33 year old man gets a podium uh i like to talk about him on my on my podcast dude in my eyes chad reed won that race okay yeah no doubt Seriously, I mean, like, yeah, if you're, was, if you're uh, less than impressive. two seconds behind one of the baddest men in the world, and you exactly. are old enough to have like like literally probably watched him race a fifty, like <laughs> I would love yeah, to find yeah, that out impressive. because Ryan Dungey did do the KJSC. I would not be surprised <laughs> if Chad Reed was racing that night. Yeah, it, they probably were, honestly. Because Chad Reed started in 02, and... Yeah, that's probably about when he was... I would like to find that out. It's maybe a little bit earlier than that, but uh, you get some pretty old kids uh, riding in the KGSC sometimes. Sometimes you get like some 10 and 11 year olds. Yeah, that's true. uh, be interesting to find out, but um, the the um, guy that we talked about at the top of the show, Jason Anderson, uh, should have been a, a podium uh, contender, but uh, instead loses two positions. He ends up fifth. And but uh, yeah, let's continue talking about the, the the double the double two a little bit here. Uh, Dade City, Florida's uh, Yamaha rider. We talked about him on the the factory Yamaha machine. Uh, he's having to wear blue a whole lot more than he used to. Uh, but uh, still looking good out there on the shift gear and, uh, and not flying the Fly 360 camera uh, as much as he'd like to during the race day. But uh, nevertheless, a great ride for Chad. Um, two seconds behind the leader the entire race. And like I said, he was only beaten by 1.4 seconds. So uh, the guy was on it. Yeah, I feel like if he would have had a, a few more laps, he probably could have closed it up a little more. Because if you notice in that last last two, he was really starting to hammer down. But I think it was just too late at that point. Yeah. But still, being within two seconds of Ryan Dungey the whole entire race and staying consistently with him is a big thing for Chad. I think that's going to be a big confidence boost going at Anaheim too. And I mean, and just, and just watching him, he looks so good just in, in every spot of the track, especially the whoops. But I mean, it's just that bike looks like it's, it's gelling for him and everything is working out. He's happy. And you know, a happy Chad Reed is a scary Chad Reed. You know, you never know when the guy's going to get a win it's almost like a 2011 Chattery when he first got his own team and he was happy and all that was working for him. So I'm excited to see what the rest of the year has in store for Chad. I, I totally agree. Um, it's uh, like you said, a, a happy Chad Reed is a scary Chad Reed for uh, for these guys who um, are looking to uh, to be beating him on a regular basis. If he's got confidence in himself, he's got confidence in the machine. Uh, he can kind of he can switch it on. And uh, I think you're totally right. I think he started his push around lap 17 to really kind of close that gap from about two seconds down to uh, closer yeah. to a second. And I feel if he would have started that charge at lap 15 rather than 17. Um, he might have exactly got there. I think he would have been able to put some pressure on Dunge and uh, especially pushing that pace throughout the whoops uh, is where I think he was making up time yeah, the most. Sure. Um, if he would have been able to get it on that just a little a, a fraction uh, faster or a little bit sooner, I think uh, he really would have had a chance to, uh, to win that race. And uh, we could be talking about a guy who... Um, 
who 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 went out and won a a 450 Supercross race at the end of age of uh, 33. And honestly, by the end of the year, I I sincerely like I absolutely think that uh, Chad Reed's going to end up getting a win, especially after what I saw. Oh yeah, I think it's either going to be you know one or two, maybe even three. You never know. He's looking pretty damn good out there. Uh, that's no doubt about it. So, uh, of course, uh, Anderson gets dropped a couple of positions and uh, Cole Seely inherits that third place on the podium. But um, decent ride for the Honda rider who, uh, like, obviously the, coming into this year, uh, he wasn't sure what kind of suspension he was going to be on. He's still obviously still on Team Honda, which is a great team to be on. But um, able to ho- hold off a guy like Tomac and, and put in uh, more consistent laps than Roxon, and of course uh, didn't jump the triple uh, and uh, and that's why he ended up on the uh, on the podium. Um, decent rides for Cole, a whole lot better than his first two rides last year when he found himself um, outside the top 10. And in fact, uh, two 14s yeah. in a row uh, matching his number was not the way he wanted to start his 450 Supercross uh, career, but um, the kid's been good. And he's been uh, he's been on the podium so far, looking good for the 2016 season. Um, is there anything that you saw from Cole so far this year that is that shows you that he's going to be more of a, a a contender than uh, than than years past? Um, I think it's a lot of just him being smart, making smart decisions, not pushing the envelope when he doesn't need to. He knows there's 15 more of these things, and he's got a long long season ahead of him. And there's no reason to, you know, go out and kill, kill yourself the first two, you know. Uh, he's got a lot of time to get wins, a lot of time to lead. You know, he, he's, got, he's got a lot ahead of him. And there's no reason to uh, do anything crazy right now. You know, he's getting podium, podiums, just uh, keeping it up front at least. Absolute. And uh, um, for, for a guy like... Uh... Cole getting those podium finishes that all adds up to to more confidence on race day, which I think is something that uh, I don't know if it's something that he really struggles with, but I think that if if he does get a boost of confidence, that's a big boost for his entire day, and, and things tend to uh, yeah. roll a little better for him throughout. Yeah, for sure. Um, Eli Tomac, uh, a guy who, uh, honestly, I kind of had a little higher hopes for um, coming off. Same. I know he had. Um, uh, double shoulder surgery, but uh, if you looked at the from some some of the videos and some of the pictures that were uh, uh, kind of circulated uh, about his uh, his return, looked like he was feeling confident, looked like he was going fast, and uh, a pair of uh, I think he's two fourth place finishes so far, or just out like yeah, and like no, that's not terrible. I, I you'd, you'd rather uh, start slow than and work and work your way up, but um, uh, as it stands. Ryan Dungey's got a, a bit of a points lead already, so uh, t- time's a waste, and you you got to start uh, putting things on the top of the box there, Tomac. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, there's no doubt that he's most likely going to win a race at some point this year. Yeah. But so far, it's, I'm not, yeah, like you said, like they kind of hyped it up to where he was going to come back right where he was when he left Thunder Valley, you know? Yeah. Like he was going to be, you know, winning and everything and just pushing it like he used to. But I haven't seen that Eli Tomac pushing the envelope every single lap, trying new things. I haven't seen that yet, but I think we will. It's just going to come with more time and being comfortable on the motorcycle. I agree. I think he's still got a little bit of ways to go as far as setting that thing up. Uh, I was surprised to sit here uh, see that they were uh, uh, had uh, Ryan Villapoto uh, out at the Supercross track, uh, apparently doing some testing uh, for yeah. uh, for for. Um, for Tomac, even though Ryan's bike had uh, show a suspension on the bike, and uh, Eli is definitely running Kayaba stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, yeah, suspension stuff's kind of crazy how they're doing everything now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he got some wise information from uh, from RV for sure. Um, I think. Honestly, uh, better days to come for, for Eli Tomac, but uh, um, I think it's it's not too far off before uh, both him and uh, Ken Roxon are going to need Ryan Dungey to have a so-so night for them to uh, kind of climb back into this thing. Catch up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that'll happen. You know, uh, it's, I mean, Dungey's going to have a good season, no doubt, but he's going to make mistakes. Everyone does. It's just about minimizing those and, 
we'll see. I mean, Dungey's already got a little bit of a, a gap on those guys, and but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, he's already got a uh, a fifteen point cushion on. Uh, I guess what you would consider to be the uh, the biggest con- contender for the title other than himself which is Ken Roxon who got a sixth this last weekend yeah. of course going down early uh he'd shown speed he'd shown the the ability to uh go to the front I think that uh if given the opportunity to or given given if he would have stayed up on two wheels he most likely would have uh ended up ahead of Chad Reed at the end of the moto or at least uh, been a part of that three pack up at the front but uh um tough night for Ken a tough start to 2016 and uh um, not what the kid needed, honestly. I think that uh, it, it was it would have been good for him to, to come out like a house on fire and uh, get some wins early. Um, but also, that's been something that's plagued him in the past, where he, like he wins the first couple of rounds and then uh, by mid season, um, yeah, he, he's, he tends to falter. So uh, hopefully, this is something that kind of lights a fire under the under the German, and uh, we'll see him uh, uh, back up front in, uh, in in short order. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he he's riding good. He just hasn't had the best like the beginning of the races and stuff, like at Anaheim, how he uh, didn't get a good start and then he had to work his way up. But the fact the fact that I'm not I'm not really gonna panic yet because he is working him working his way up and he is charging through the pack. So I mean, he's he's riding quick. He can dial in his starts and be a little more consistent with that, and I think he'll be fine. Totally, totally agree, and I, th- I think it's it's all uh, it's, it's a it's a mental game with Ken, and I think when he feels like uh, it's all systems go, uh, he'll be able to pull off uh, a string of wins and uh, and and creep back into the, the this title fight. Um, one of the guys yeah. I really wanted to chat about uh, was uh, was Jake Weimer, and we'll we'll talk about the guy who got seventh in a, in a little bit here because I would never want to leave Trey off uh, uh, out of the conversation, but um, a guy who really jumped off the page uh, with me this last Saturday was Jake Weimer, a guy who um, he lost his factory Kawasaki ride after uh, some kind of soul-searching years with Cowie. Uh, no yeah. wins, a couple of – some podiums in there, but uh, a lot of uh, like just – not so not not rides not indicative of a factory rider as they say uh from the 12 machine and uh which landed him on the um the the uh team tedder kawasaki team which is uh, a good team in and of it, in its own right uh, a team that uh supplies him with a great machine but of course it's not the factory uh supported ride that he'd been used to and um Going back to a couple of years ago, I think uh, like uh, Weimer was a, uh, Jake Weimer was a bit soured. Uh, he did not not uh, not really pumped on his whole setup. Not really pumped on how things were going. Like uh, kind of not yeah. fulfilling the uh, the the prophecy that was let forth for him uh, maybe three or four years ago. And uh, but it's good to see him put in a couple of nice rides, especially this last weekend. Eighth place among riders like Trey Kennard, Marvin Moosecan, Justin Brayton, Justin Bogle, or Justin Barsha, uh, ahead of Davey Millsaps, Christoph Purcell, Brock Tickle, Dean Wilson. Like, the list goes on. He finished in front of those guys, and uh, I think if you were, if most people were playing fantasy motocross, they'd have Jake behind most of those guys. So, uh, uh, yeah. a great, a great moto for him, and um, honestly, something I feel like he can even build on. And uh, if his starts are continuing to go the same way they have been, uh, wouldn't be surprised to, to see the guy uh, land himself a top five finish. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the best parts about that him getting eighth is the fact that. Will Hahn got 16th, and that's his old spot, you know, and uh, that, that's his old team and everything. So I bet that felt good, and uh, that, that's good for Team Tedder. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if Team Tedder's ever gone in top 10 in the 450 class. I'm sure they haven't. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a big uh, boost uh, there for uh, for Weimer. And, you know, I think a lot of that, a lot of his, like, how you said he was kind of just not digging everything was because – he was behind Villapoto for so long. He was the second guy on the team. Everybody wanted to talk to RV. Like no one was really there for him. It was all about RV, RV this, RV that. And I think that kind of hurt his confidence a little bit, being in the shadows almost. Yeah, he's like uh, almost like a sidekick sort of thing. And uh, yeah, uh, with these yeah. guys, they're all super. They're all mental cases. They got to be uh, feeling like yeah. they're the man. And uh, like honestly, the only way to race motocross and be successful is to kind of feel like you're 50 feet tall and bulletproof. Like, you kind of have to feel like your shit doesn't stink, to be completely honest. Yeah, and that's that's completely true. You get to 
you have to know that you're good enough, you know. Yeah, and like, and and it's not like a uh, a cocky thing; it's just a confidence thing. Like, and that's why I'm able to pass anyone that I pass on the motocross track. Is I know full <laughs> well that I'm faster than the person ahead of me. And if I feel that way, I'm going to pass them. And if I don't, they're usually going to pull away. And that's just racing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. On. So, uh, like, honestly, great for Jake. I, we had him on the show uh, earlier today, and uh, we'll be releasing that podcast uh, later on this evening uh, as I uh, um, edit five podcasts in one in one evening. Uh, Woe is me, uh, cry me a river, all that fun stuff. Um, let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, the forty one machine at Trey Kennard, a guy who uh, has won races, has contended for championships, and uh, in my opinion, at some point during this winter, may very well hold uh that red plate but uh he won't do so if he continues to be uh a uh out like on the back half of uh of the top 10 the guy's got to get himself some starts yeah he's uh i mean he's shown speed in practice and the heat races and stuff i think he's another guy that could be right up there in the top three but yeah like you said it's just uh it's all about the starts and uh you know just getting into the swing of things yeah, the thing is, though, um, Shane, we have 10 top three guys. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Literally, like, I'll, like the, if you looked at the, at the whole, the top 13 competitors, include, you could even include Dean Wilson. Dean Wilson can get a podium. There is at least, outside of maybe, like, out of the top 15 from this last weekend, the only guys that I would omit from possibly getting a podium performance uh, for the rest of this season um, would be uh, Justin, uh, Justin Brayton and, uh, and, and Brock Tickle? Yeah, yeah, maybe Michael Lussie. He's not even. He wasn't in the top fifteen. Oh, okay. I thought you said. I thought you meant the main in general. Oh, in the yeah, yeah the main in general. Obviously, Nick Schmidt's not a, a podium guy. Um, but you know what I mean. Like honestly, all of these guys are super fast, and I honestly like. I could definitely see a situation where just about every single guy in the top fifteen could be on the podium. Like we've never yeah, had. We've never had a situation like that. Like legitimately, like. These guys, you could you could flip this order of, uh, of of the top fifteen, and and none of those guys are really that far out of place. Yeah, it's, I mean it's completely stacked this year. I mean, shoot, most pretty much every person in the top twenty is factory. Well, the, the who got the last spot in the LCQ? Was it Will Hahn? Bogle? Oh, okay, Will Hahn. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's. Will Hahn's been struggling, and I don't know what's what uh, what's eating Wilbur. But uh, um, when you and your brother are taking the last two spots in the the LCQ, um, that's a bit of a tough pill to swallow, to be completely honest. Especially when you're on you know, Factory Cowie, you know, you, yeah. shouldn't be, you shouldn't really even be in the LCQ, you know? No, for sure not. Like, uh, um, like. Obviously, it's it's the it's the rider more than it is the bike at any level. But uh, having that equipment, um, you can't think for you can't say for one second that uh, it hasn't crossed uh, a guy like Jake Weimer's mind that uh, he'd sure love to have the equipment that's underneath the uh, the fifty four machine. Yeah, for sure, and uh, that's just something he's going to have to work on. You know, no doubt. Uh, um, I honestly would love to see some 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 better results for Wilbur. Um, he's Guy's got all heart. He's battled through lots of injuries. He's come back, won a 250F championship, and definitely earned the ride that he has on Factory Kawasaki. Yeah. And um, I think better days are to come for him. I think maybe he's still battling a little bit of fitness issues uh, coming back from some of those injuries and maybe some nagging injuries that haven't been allowing him to uh, pull the trigger. But uh, I think that's two two weekends in a row um, he's been in the LCQ. But uh, like we said, I, honestly... Um, the top 15 guys are pretty legit, so if you don't have a good semi, you'll end up in the LCQ. Yeah, it's it's crazy stuff this year. It's it's almost like like you're saying the top 15 could be on the podium, and there's like probably 12 of those guys that could win a race. 
Totally. So, um, and this is a, a prediction that uh, is kind of coming true so far in this season is that uh, Steve Mathis of the Pulp of Mech Show uh, predicted that uh, Vince Freeze, or Vince Freezy, uh, the 55 machine that may still have a headache from, uh, from Mr. Pike, um, <laughs> it, well, has so far outperformed um, his teammate Michael Essie on the 800. Um, he's, they're both on Hondas, but Vince has spent more time on a Honda than, than, uh, than Mike ever, ever has. Uh, Vince is uh, racing the 450, I believe, full-time this year. I don't think he's dropping down for the East Coast, although he might. I, I'm not entirely sure about that. But either way, uh, yeah. he's he's definitely outperforming uh, Mike so far in the series. And, um, yeah, it's like, good on him. Yeah, I mean, he's been, uh, been riding good. You know, it's been impressive. Uh, I kind of agree with him how he'd be doing better than Mike. Just because, I mean, I don't know. He's been he's he's been like on the come up almost for the past few years, I would say. While Mike has kind of peaked and kind of almost gone downhill. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, so um, before I let you go, I wanted to uh, not only get your predictions for uh, this weekend coming up in uh, uh, Anaheim, but I wanted you to answer me this question: What is the absolute ceiling? What's the highest position that uh, Philip Nicoletti can uh, can get to as he fills in uh, the rest of this season with uh, the JGR Yamaha team? I'm gonna say eighth. Eighth place finish. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sixth. And uh, and uh, depending on who's right, who's closest uh, at the end of the year, I uh, I'll bet you a coke. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. Fair enough. Uh, meaning you'd have to come up here and buy me a Coke, and I'd have to come down there to buy oh, you no, a Coke. No, so. no you're, you're getting it shipped to you. I'm not going up there. It'll be all shaken up or frizzy. Well, I'm it's, sorry. It's, just, it's, how, it's how it's going to have to be. I'm not going up to to the frozen hell lands of, of wherever you live in up there, Canada. Canada. Winnipeg. Winnipeg, it's all, it's all, it's all the same. It's all frozen. Bastard. Um, <laughs> right on. Well, uh, give me a podium for the 250 and 450 class this weekend, and uh, I am going to write down your picks so that I can, uh, um, I, I can be texting you as the the results roll in, and uh, and I, I can make fun of you for being wrong. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna say Webb. Christian Craig and Zach Osborne. Fair enough. You're really stretching it there by uh, by picking those three. Trust me. Um, Trust me. I too am going to go with Webb because I honestly feel like he's going to uh, to sweep the sweep the series. And uh, if 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 he doesn't crash, he's going to sweep. Completely honest. Um, and I'm going to stick with your. Uh, with your Osborne, but I'm going to bump him up to third, and I'll t- I see your 38 and uh, and raise you a 37. I think Savachi stays on the podium um, with a third place uh, spot in the 250 class. What do you say uh, for 450s? 450s, I'm going to go Anderson, Dungey, Reed. Uh, Anderson, Dungey, Reed. So you think Anderson's going to find some magic, uh, whatever he left in, uh, uh, whatever he left in, uh, Anaheim, you're going to pick it back up and, uh, and, and get another, uh, uh, first place position. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think that's going to be what's going to happen there. And who is your other two? Dungey and Reed. The 22 back on the podium. That's a bold statement. I'm not sure if uh, I, I, I can suspect uh, Reed to kind of yo-yo a little bit uh, somewhere inside no, the top bro, seven. Happening. But uh, all right, all right, I'll, uh, I'll I'll mark you down for uh, uh, a third place position for Chad. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Trey Kennard for for my win. The 41 machine's going to have himself some better starts. And uh, I think he's going to have himself a good race in Anaheim, too. Uh, Ken Roxon for my second place position, the 94. And then uh, your uh-huh. your current champion, uh, Ryan Dungey, is going to round out your podium. and Because uh, he's just going to be safe. He's going he's gonna to ride his laps. 
and uh, and he's gonna do his thing. I think uh, switch out two from the uh, from the original or this last weekend's podium uh, to the front of the pack and uh, and slide down Dungey down a little bit. My my uh, my race looks like Canard, uh, Roxon, and uh, the number one machine. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, of course, uh, no spoilers uh, this Saturday because I actually have a hockey game at eight forty-five. Uh, so, uh, That's um, Come on. I, I I won't be able to watch the race until very late in the evening. So, uh, no text till the next morning, please. <sighs> whatever. Whatever. So you think that hockey is more important than this, and so be it. Hey, I got to get those beer league stats, man. <laughs> I'm leading the team in points. Dude, Supercross is more important. I agree with you, but I, I don't make the schedule. Pull yourself for together. I don't, don't, don't start with me. All right, Doyle. <laughs> um, it's been a slice as per usual. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll end it right there. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.